Hello. Welcome to Belonging Before Believing. My name's Joe Knuckles. And across the table for me is big time boogity bee, Brian Gumpy. What's up, dude? Is that a fat joke? No. Big, big time? Big time. That used You're to, the big time. That used to be my answer to everything. Whenever like what? whenever I wasn't like sure what somebody was saying, or if I thought I could swing it to where there was some kind of like oh they said comedy anything, factor anything they anytime they said big or round or anything that I could stretch to be I could just look at them and be like is that a fat joke and they would get so like oh no 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 you noticed I didn't fall all over myself there yeah I know yeah because I'm a fat guy it doesn't work like it used to hey dude I'm Joe Knuckles what does that mean. If only again, if only there was a video of this recording so that people could see the like fighting Irish type thing that you just did, Mr. Knuckles. <laughs> Mr. Knuckles. So there's a grandmother clock in the entryway of Grandmother the clock? Hall. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, l- I asked about this. Um, yeah. It's a grandmother clock and it's in the entryway of the funeral home where I work at. And there's a plaque right next to it that says dedicated by Joe Knuckles. And I walk by there and I go, dang, man, I wish I was named Joe Knuckles. And so that's my stage name now. Forever, it's going to be Joe Knuckles. So when I'm in either a punk band or <laughs> whatever it might be, whatever, if I, if I write a, a piece of fiction. Okay. If, if Your I, pseudonym is going to be Joe Knuckles? Joe Knuckles, dude. If I Jackson Pollock some canvas somehow. Dude, Joe Knuckles, that's how I'm signing that bad boy. The only problem... Okay, so I really did think about this, because I, I, I want to know what your, like, sweet name would be. Like, oh, what do I want to be if I was something oh like gosh. a pseudonym? So, but while you're thinking about it, I was, I'm worried, because you know what? If you actually go by Joe Knuckles, you got to be a bruiser. Yeah. There's no chance you can be just like... Mr. Daisy Pusher, you know, or or some kind of little pipsqueak. Yeah, you can't be Michael Sarah with the name Joe Knuckles. Well, okay, maybe you could. Because Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> no, because it's completely opposite. Oh, you know, like call him the call big the, guy tiny, the big guy tiny, or the bald guy curly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it could be one of those. Like, it could be the little tiniest guy, and he's Joe Knuckles. That that could work, but I'm not that. <laughs> I feel like you also have to have an accent. Do you? Yeah, like like a even, Boston. Oh yeah, absolutely. Boston. Or even like some Cockney or something. Well, I don't have that. Well, I might be able to pull off a Boston in some way. No, I couldn't. I don't think I could. I can't even think of like a phrase they use. I know phrases they. I listen to Bill Burr, but it's like he's oh. just Boston. He could be Joe Knuckles. He could definitely be Joe Knuckles. I don't Dude, think I could be I Joe Knuckles. I don't have a good idea. Dude, but that's for a great a name. Isn't it's it? a great name. But my last name's Gumpy. I've never had to come up with my own like nickname or anything like that. I can't get people to call me by my first name as it is. There's never a time where you wish, oh gosh, I wish I wasn't Gumpy. I wish I was like No, when I was in elementary school and people were calling me lumpy, dumpy, frumpy, like chumpy, everything else, I just like, please call me Gumpy. Please call me Gumpy. Yeah. Oh, Brian Brian Anvilheart. Brian was never going to have Anvilheart. That's a good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anvilheart. Uh Uh-huh. You know why I thought of that? I just realized now, I think it was subconscious because Jim the Anvil Nyhart just died. And he was part of the Heart Foundation that 
wrestling tag team duo back in the 80s. I would say it sounds like a wrestling duo. Yeah, he just died. And mm-hmm. so I think that was subliminally in my head. Got it. Anvil Hart. Anvil Hart. That's a good one. Brian Anvil Hart. Dude, speaking of bruisers. We got one today. That's why, I, dude, I had this one saved in my back pocket for when we were doing this guy. This guy. We, okay, so we're, this is part number two of our going through Bible passages. And we got Samson. Samson, all-time favorite Bible story. Dude, I don't know if you're going to stick to to Jesus. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, no, I'm not going to Jesus juke you. I, I, <laughs> you just dude, did. I know, but I'm retracting it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm apologizing. I'm retracting Jesus juke rescinded. It is. I, res- I, I rescind that. So, of course, apart from Jesus, of course. All right. I think after we go through this, you might change your mind. Okay, dude. let me tell you why. It has nothing to do with me. We got actually... four chapters to get through too. Don't forget. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. So it has nothing to do with my current, like <laughs> me going through recently and being like, oh, what a great story. I'm encouraged by that. I I yeah. just feel like like this is something that speaks to me. No, no. this no. is <laughs> this is me when I was at my grandma's house when I was like six. And I'm going through my little cartoon Bible. Precious the one, moments. The, practically. <laughs> I can never remember the name of it. Joel does because me and it's Joel. It's the bubbly characters, yep, right? Yep. Yeah. Me and okay, Joel had the same yeah. one. Yeah. And I would always flip to that one because he was just like the big, like strong dude. And he was like the Bible superhero. Like if I couldn't read like Batman comic books, then I'm going to go to my little storybook Bible and turn to the page on Samson. Okay. That's why Samson's my favorite. Okay. What? So I, I just, just have this in your mind, listener. There are some Bible scholars who think Samson wasn't just yoked, but he was just like a fat guy or a real, real, real thin, skinny guy. Like Butterbean? Yes, like Butterbean. Wasn't that a wrestler, dude? Like, like. Oh, no, that, okay, that was his real name. The guy with the tongue, George the Animal Steel. His real name was Butterbean. <laughs> Wait, yeah. really? Yep, yep. Is that the same guy you were just talking no, about? No, no, oh. different guys, different right. guys. Okay. That would have been wild. You were right. That would have been wild. So the reason is, is because his strength was supernatural and everybody knew it. If he was like just, you know, yoked, no one would is going to go, oh yeah, God's given him that strength. Well, he does do some crazy things. So they might still think that. But dude, Arnold did some crazy things in the movie, you know, and we mm-hmm. all go, oh yeah, he's buff. But if Danny DeVito and twins <laughs> did the stuff Arnold does, if he was the Terminator, okay. There's something supernatural about Peter that Dinklage. Guy. Peter Dinklage. That's that's going to be my pseudonym, <laughs> Joe Dinklage. <laughs> Dude, that little picture of him on the scooter, and then people photoshopped him on the scooter in front of like all kinds of things was amazing. Like going to war and like in front of an ambulance. <laughs> and did you see that one? No, but it sounds oh, great. It was awesome. All right, Judges, beginning in chapter 13. So if you have a Bible. Pause this and get it out and turn to Judges chapter 13. For this, I'm using the NLT. Um, normally, I use the ESV translation, which is neither here nor there, except this one's a little easier reading for just us to get through a podcast. So I'm going to read through this and hit highlights. I'm not going to read every single verse. So if you're expecting me to do that, listener, you're going to be a little disappointed. But we're just going to go through this, and Brian's going to pause me and riff when he wants to or just interrupt me. And we're just going to talk about certain aspects of this. But first of all, it starts because it's crazy, not with Samson, but with his parents. So first of all, they 
were living in Israelite, but the Philistines had been oppressing them, meaning another country. So listener, imagine, you know, we're living in the United States. Imagine Canada invading us and militarily oppressing us with martial law and all that for 40 years. Okay, 40 years. That's I'm 45, so that's most of my life. So all I would have known at this point is Philistine oppression, military oppression, okay? So that's what we're we're picturing. So God shows up to Manoah and Manoah's wife, who's never named oddly enough. But God shows up, first of all, to the wife and says to her that you're going to get pregnant, and you're going to give birth to a son who shouldn't drink wine or alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden food, for your son is going to be dedicated to the, the Lord as a Nazarite from the moment of birth till the day of his death. And what the Nazarite means is just he is solely dedicated to the Lord, like he is to do nothing other than Bible stuff. That's all he's supposed to do. So, He's not supposed to eat anything, drink anything. He's supposed to be separate, holy unto the Lord. Oh, I want to talk about that so much, but go, I don't know go how to, real quick. No, I don't know how to do it without us. Like, well, I here, feel, I'll keep going and maybe... No, I was just going to say, I feel like we could do a whole episode talking about why we already have done an episode on how we see alcohol as a blessing in Scripture, but someone dedicated to the Lord is supposed to abstain from all alcoholic drink. Well, the difference is, is he is supposed to be so set apart from the Lord for the Lord. This is a rare thing. Like oh, there's totally. only like two, three Nazarites in the whole Bible. Uh-huh. It's not like there was like every eighth guy was a Nazarite. So this is like something super duper rare. This is like an Olympic athlete mm-hmm. where he's, he's, he has the freedom to, he certainly could, but he is set apart for this specific task for this specific occasion, the Olympics. He is set apart for from this birth. Event. Right. For this, well, I mean, if you're in Russia, <laughs> too soon. you're in China. Uh, I don't know if it's too soon, but the... so you seen that documentary, Icarus, yes. about the doping? Did you watch it? Yeah, I'm Not all of it. I haven't seen all of it. I'm like yes. halfway through it. Yes. Crazy. Anyway. Okay. So he, not like that, but like that, <laughs> was set apart from birth just for the specific task of defeating the Philistines because they were militarily oppressing the Israelites. Okay, so that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. He's to be set apart from birth just for that task. So then his dad says, he prays to God, and he says, hey, God, please come back and give us some more instructions about our son. Dude's really jealous that his wife got to see God, this angel, and he didn't get to. So the angel comes back again. So, and so Samson's dad's be like, hey, bud, I got some questions. Get back here. He does. He says, <laughs> hey, Manoah. Or Manoah asked the angel or asked God, hey, when your words come true, what kind of rules should govern this life work? And the angel says, um, yeah, I already told your wife the instructions. Follow the ones that I gave her. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he says. So then Manoah says to the angel, hey, stay here while I fix you some food. And the angel's like, no, I'm not going to eat, but you can make a sacrifice to the Lord. So then he made the burnt sacrifice and the angels hopped into the fire and flew up into heaven in a pillar of fire through the sacrificial fire meat. Then... No Ang- joke. That's Angels what hop in fire, yep. fly up yep. through sacrificial fire meat. Yep. And as he's doing- Sacrificial fire meat, new band name, Dibs. <laughs> Dude, I'm rolling with this. 
So then Manoah says, hey, what's your name? As this is all going on, he asks the angel, who asks God, it's, it's God in angel form, what's your name? And the angel says, yeah, it's too wonderful for you to understand. And then flies away in this pillar of fire through his sacrifices. And it says, when the Lord did this amazing thing, Manoah and his wife feared and their faces fell upon the ground because they were so afraid. And Manoah says, oh no, we are certainly going to die because we've seen God. And then the wife says, yeah, if the Lord was going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our burnt offering. <laughs> he appeared to us to tell us this wonderful thing that's going to happen. And she is so smart and Manoah is an idiot. <laughs> He's not so bright. Maybe this is where we got like that sitcom stereotype where the dad's a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Like a, as a Seinfeld baseline, even though it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, he is thick. And I think that's where Samson gets his brains from. Because <laughs> he certainly didn't get his brains from Mama. <laughs> I don't know what he got from Mama, but it wasn't his, it wasn't his intellect. So he got it from his Mama. Yep. Yep. So Samson's a man when we pick up chapter 14. So that's like, what, 18, 19, 20 years have gone by, about that time. Got it. So the Philistines have been oppressing Israel for about 60 years now. Okay, 60 years at this point when we pick up chapter 14. Now, one of the Philistine women caught Samson's eye, it says. And when he returned home, he said to his father and mother, a young Philistine woman has caught my eye. I want to marry her. Go get her for me. <laughs> so his father and mother objected and said, wait, isn't there one single woman in our tribe or among all of the Israelites that you could marry? Why do you need to go to the Philistines and find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an idiot, dude. <laughs> Forbidden fruit. Is it, or were there really no hot chicks in Israel at that time? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Philistines just, I mean, culturally just dressed a little trashier or something and, you know, caught his eye. Because right. that's all he cares about is he's objectifying her, right? Mm -hmm. And he's checking her out and all he's doing is lusting after her, right? There's nothing else going on at all. Here's the one who's been set apart by God from his birth to defend the Israelites. And the first thing he's doing is thinking with his hee-haw and wanting to go after this Philistine woman. When you can just hear like the, like the whiny way that his father and mother must have replied. You read it, you're just like, isn't there even one <laughs> woman in our tribe or among all the all Samson, the Israelites. What about Jessica? Is you there, went to school with her. Is there not one woman in this whole what country Francis? that you can nice. marry? Yeah, one woman. One woman. One was Samantha. She, get her for me. Get her. She looks good to me. So then look at verse four says, his father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel. God is sovereign even over sin. That's a crazy passage. Yeah. This is one of those ones where, as I was reading this again to prepare for this particular podcast, I was like, how have I never 
read this before. I know I've read it, but how has it never stood out to mm-hmm. me that here is God is completely sovereign over Samson's lustful sin. God is at work in this. Samson, he's just, like I said, thinking sexual thoughts. God is not. God is looking for this opportunity for Samson or working this, not looking for. God is at work making this happen. So, listener, you're in sin. <laughs> I've been in sin lots of times. You know what? God Today. is not <laughs> God is not powerless that he cannot work even in the midst of your sin. Whatever's going on right now. Uh, it doesn't give you permission to do it, but it doesn't mean that God is powerless against it and he's like dumbfounded that you ran off and did the thing that you're doing. Anyways, so Samson's parents, they go down and as they're on their way, Samson was either ahead of his family or behind them or something. And a lion jumped out to attack him and he ripped it apart with his bare hands. And then it says as easily as if it were a young goat. <laughs> now, <laughs> Right? Oh, well, if it was a young goat, then I, I could rip his jaws apart Dude, with my bare hands. We had goats. Do you remember when we I had do, goats? I do. Demon eyes and all. Did you can't do rip apart a goat? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm like, what? What kind of goats do they got over there in the Holy Land that you can rip them apart like a like this? I, well, the best part is it's like a simile. Origami. That's yeah. the kind of goats. <laughs> yeah, like it's a, it's as easy as one, two, three. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. <laughs> Just ripped its mouth. Just ripped it in, in half. half. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so but they, he didn't tell his father tell and mother his, about it. He didn't it. tell his father and mother about it. Bro, we, I'm ripping a lion in half by its jaw. There's not one person who's not going to hear about no, it. No, here's because <laughs> he can't. He's part of the Nazarite. He's not allowed to touch anything dead. And the angel didn't but say was alive that. when he touched it. But it wasn't when he ripped it in half like the goat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't supposed to touch anything dead, but he killed this thing. So anyways, he didn't tell anybody about it. Who knows why? So they get down, see the woman. He's very pleased. So they had a wedding. And at this wedding, um, Samson, or on the way to the wedding, he found some honey in the lion carcass because the carcass had been there a little while. So he scooped out the honey and ate it and gave some to his parents and they ate it. But he didn't tell them where it came from because it was from the dead lion. <laughs> but well, as fo- <laughs> would you eat it if he told you where it came from? Me? Here, here's some honey. I got it out of a dead lion's carcass. I might just because of that. <laughs> I would not. I might. Because of that. I, I might because of that, if I'm perfectly honest. So his father is making arrangements for the wedding. So they threw a great big party. And all of the elite men, it says here, all of the big wigs came out. And so Samson, he took the 30 groomsmen that were all Philistine aside and said, hey, I'll tell you a riddle, and if you answer it, I'll give each one of you a brand new pair of clothes and a brand new pair of party clothes. And if you get it wrong, you each got to give me a brand new pair of clothes and a brand new pair of party clothes. So that's 30 for Samson. Party clothes. So Or 60 altogether. But, okay, let's hear your riddle. So he said, out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. I couldn't figure it out. So they go after three days to his bride-to-be, and they say, hey, tell us what the riddle is, 
or we will burn your father's house with fire with you in it. Did you invite this guy to the party just to make us poor? (laughs) This story has so many weird sentences in it. So many. It's crazy. It's like, okay, when people say the Bible is like fables and like story, like dusty stories, like this is all legend. Okay. This is one of those stories that makes me go, oh, (laughs) this is crazy. But, you know, God didn't do anything the same way. He didn't do anything twice. And he did this crazy thing with Samson. And all of the judges had all kinds of sin in their life, bad stuff. And Samson does here, but God still used them. I think it's a testimony to God as, you know, can use any dumb head. How do you not laugh? Like if I came to you like, hey, dude. Don't do that again. I'm going to burn your house down with you in it. Like, hey, Zoe, <laughs> tell me where your dad's hiding the scotch, or I'm going to burn your house with you in it. How messed up is that, right? <laughs> like how mine was funny, and yours was like really, really intense. Well, the, that's what it would have been, right? Yeah. I'm tr- yeah. You're right. You're trying to crack wise. I'm did, trying to paint Did a you pl- invite us to this party just to make us poor? <laughs> yep. Uh, yep, that's <laughs> why you're here. Okay, so then, <laughs> then it says, so Samson's wife came to him in tears and says, you don't love me. You, you hate me. You've given my people a riddle and you haven't even told me the answer. Does it sound good? Yeah, great. He says, I haven't even given the answer to my father and mother. Why would I tell you? So she cried, and whenever she was with him, she kept it up for the rest of the celebration. So there's the, it reminded me of that proverb where it says that a nagging wife is like a dripping roof on a rainy day. Just tink, 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 till you just go nuts. You remember them old Donald Duck cartoons where the faucet won't stop, yeah. and he just freaks out and burns the house down? <laughs> That's nope, what happened With here. nobody in it, though. Okay, but I want you to note... I want you to note, Samson here, he acquiesces. At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. And then she explained the riddle to the young men. That's important. You're going to want to remember, like, keep that stowed away because you're going to remember that later on. But before sunset, the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson and said, huh, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have sold my riddle. <laughs> How about that for a sentence, Brian? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that's, not, that's not one of the memory verses that we did in Sunday school. It should Samson have been. Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer... You wouldn't have solved my riddle. <laughs> this is one of those things where I wish I could go back because as a kid, I remember that you, you would get a scholarship for certain things if you memorized like five Bible verses. And I totally would have memorized this one. Yeah. Rememberized. Rememberized this one. If oh, This is great. If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. Then the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. So he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 men. Now, now the, some listeners are going to hear that and be like, how is this? A, why did the spirit of God do that? But it was because Ashkelon is a city of the Philistines. It's one of the major cities 
of the Philistines. And so it was people who were already oppressing the Jews. It was already, they were oppressing the Israelites. So these aren't just like innocent people in some town. And they were like sitting out front in their cafes, having their tea and biscotti. And all of a sudden this crazy madman comes into town and is like, and rips heads off and steals their clothes. It's Sir Lancelot and Monty (laughs) Python. That's exactly what I was thinking, but I didn't (laughs) want to say it. (laughs) Don't worry, I got you. Uh, Okay, so he gave the clothes to the men, but Samson was furious about what happened, so he left. He didn't even marry the woman. So the wife was given in marriage to the man who was Samson's best man at the wedding. Dang. It doesn't go well for this guy. (laughs) Later on, during the harvest, Samson took a young goat as a present to his wife, but she wasn't his wife, listener. He said, I'm going to my wife's room to sleep with her, but her father wouldn't let him go in. I thought you hated her, so I gave her in marriage to your best man. But look, hey, her younger sister's even more beautiful than she is. Marry her instead. So, hey, hey, ladies. Yeah. (laughs) If you feel bad at all for the Philistines, that should solve your problems right there. Right. Dad was like, look, newer and better. Hey, I got some, hey, I got a deal for you, Samson. My, I got this great one. Property. That's all she was to them, was property. Financial gain and status. So Samson said, this time I can't be blamed for what I'm about to do to the Philistines. <laughs> all right. The burden of proof's on them, right? <laughs> the onus is on them. So he goes out <laughs> and catches 300 foxes. 300. What? what? How long do you think that what? took? I don't know. Dude, I can't even I feel ca- like I feel like I just like imagine him like grabbing his fists and like pounding the ground and all of these foxes just like pop up out pop of up. their holes. <laughs> and just he, shook the earth. He has these lassos and just <laughs> yeah. lassos them in. Dude, I can't even catch my dog when he doesn't want me to. I know. Three, three, 300. 30. Foxes. 30 would be the most insane thing that any of us had ever seen. So he tie. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was gonna read it. You go, keep going. So he ties their tails together. So you have one hundred and fifty pairs <laughs> of foxes, wild animals, and he ties also a burning torch in between their tails. Now, how crazy are those foxes gonna be, right? And he lets them loose in all of their fields, <laughs> and burns everything. Absolutely everything is burnt up. And then it says, then, then, then the Philistines are so mad, so they burn the man and the w- wife. <laughs> the Philistines are so mad. Bro! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then they said, we, Samson said, I'm not going to take my rest until I get my revenge on you. And then he had killed, with great fury, he killed many of them. And then he went to live in a cave. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? This has a real Batman vibe to it. <laughs> A lot of vigilante justice. Yeah, you're right. But not much pul- detective work. A lot of pulverizing. Work. Not much detective work. A lot of cave. <laughs> Almost spit that out. <laughs> so the Philistines retaliated by setting Cap and Judah and fighting them. The men of Judah were like, no, we're going to go get Samson for you. So 3,000 men of Judah, <laughs> they knew Samson, right? Yes. That not 30, 
3,000 men go up to Samson and they say... We don't know how many it's going to take to take him down. But we know how many we're going to use. <laughs> well, they okay, they didn't need to, thankfully, because they come up there and Samson says, well, what are you here for? He's like, we're going to hand you over to the Philistines. He's like, are, okay, but if you try to kill me, I'm going to kill y'all. And they say, no, 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 we're just going to bind you up for a minute and take you over there, okay? How's that? It's like Chewbacca in Star Wars when right. Han puts the cuffs on him, yeah. you know, just for show. That's what's going on here. So when Samson arrived to the Philistines, they came shouting in triumph, but the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson and he snapped the ropes as if they were burnt strands of flax and they fell from his wrists. He found a jawbone there of a recently killed donkey because who doesn't, right? And he picked it up and killed 1,000 Philistines with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, I've piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. Does this not sound like Muhammad Ali when you hear that? With the jawbone of a donkey, I piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I killed a thousand creeps. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> killed a thousand creeps. I had to That's make it great. rhyme. No, it's perfect. No, really. Does that not sound like Muhammad Ali? No, it does. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so then Samson was thirsty. <laughs> you like how understated that is? It just the next verse goes on. <laughs> and then Samson was thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord. You have accomplished a great victory by the strength of your servant. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these pagans? Dude. Dude. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is the resourcefulness of this man. He is such it, a dude. Instead of, <laughs> instead of killing a thousand men with his bare hands, I'm going to use this jawbone. <laughs> but when it comes to getting a drink of water, uh, absolutely, absolutely clueless on what to do. God, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like the guy's who can absolutely just tough it out and do the things that, you know, frail people can't do. But as soon as they get a cold, they are absolutely just outdone. Like, guys, that's guys yeah, you just this, described. No, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So God in his grace caused water to gush out of a hollow near the ground where he was at. And I'm just like, What? What? And then it says, and the name of the place is the spring of the one who cried out, and it's still there. So wh whenever this book was written, a hundred or so or two hundred years after this happened, hey, this is the spot of the thirsty it's whiner. Still there, the thirsty jawbone dude. <laughs> <laughs> so then it says Samson judged Israel for twenty years, twenty more years. Okay, so listener, think about this. <clears throat> 20 more years. That means the Philistines have ruled over these people for at least minimum 80 years, maybe even more. 80 years these usurpers had been there and been ruling over them. Samson was supposed to defeat them and throw the oppression off of the nation of Israel and free them, but he doesn't because he's lusting after this chick. And he's just fighting dudes. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. So then, okay. So then one day, Samson, chapter 16. This is the big chapter. This is a chapter everybody knows about, which we're trying to get to. 
So then Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza. So he's not a young guy anymore, okay? Right. He's like my age or older. He's 45, 50 at this point. So he spent the night with a prostitute. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> then word soon spread that Samson was there, and they waited until night, and they closed all the town gates. But when he woke up at midnight, he got up, took hold of the gates, including the two posts, lifted them up, put them in his shoulders, and carried them all the way to the hill across from Hebron. That's 40 miles. 40. Sure. 40 miles. That's from here to Yuba City. (laughs) 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 To put that in perspective. (laughs) What? 40 miles. Dude. You couldn't have just tossed him 100 yards? I mean, you made your point. You got to carry him to Yuba City? What? You should have just hucked him to Yuba City. You know he could. He could have. Gee whiz, the Hulk. So sometime later, okay, verse 4. So again, this isn't happening right away. It's, we don't know how long later. But he fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the Valley of Sorek. So she's a Philistine also. The rulers of Philistines went to her and said, hey, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how we can tie him up securely and we'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Very specific amount. I have no idea why, but (laughs) 1,100 pieces of silver. That's what they had. Everything we got. Maybe. (laughs) Hey, empty out your pockets. We're going to break the bank here, (laughs) men. We're going to kill this guy. So, So then she said, please tell me what makes you so strong and what would it take to tie you up securely? So then Samson said, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried, I'll become weak like anybody else. So the Philistine rulers did exactly what he said and she had hidden some men in the room of her house even and then she yells out, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Oh, my stars and goddess. (laughs) But guess what Samson did? He snapped them bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it's burned by a fire. So the secret was not discovered. So then Delilah said, you're making fun of me. Tell me how you could be tied up securely. So he says, yeah, brand new ropes would do the job as long as they've never been used before. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him up. And the men, again, hiding in the inner room, she cries out, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. <laughs> and again, <laughs> I heard the play once. Okay, this is why I'm using that voice. This isn't like me just trying to be original. Oh. I heard this before. Okay. <laughs> and that was the voice Delilah used in this play. Excellent. <laughs> so he snaps the ropes from his arms and beats the crap out of him. So <laughs> then Delilah said, oh, you're still making... F- now, this isn't all one night, right? You get that. This is over the course of time. You're still making fun of me. How can you be tied up? Well, if you were to weave seven braids into my hair and weave the fabric into a loom and tighten it with the shuttle, then I become as weak as anybody else. So guess what Delilah did? She did what she was told. <laughs> And again, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He beat the crap out of him one more time. Samson is as dumb as his dad. Dude, he is dumb as a sack of hammers. Like, you're thinking, like, oh, what a smart dude. He'd give her a little test just to see if she would, you know, tell the secret. And she does every single time. It's no test. It's not a test. He's, like, just so dumb, he thinks he can get away with it every time. <laughs> 
I, I don't know, dude. dude. Well, spoiler alert. Lust but... makes you do stupid things. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. so time number four, Delilah says, uh-oh, here we go. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? Ooh, there's a lesson there. She used the L word. She's manipulative. All fun and games until someone says I love you, <laughs> right? She says the word love. She doesn't say I love you, but she tells him you're wrong for telling me, implying I would love you if you would be honest with me. She just twists him around. You made fun of me these three times now. So listen, verse 16, remember I told you to remember something? She tormented him with her nagging day after day after day until he was sick of it. Listen, men. Sick to death of it. Listen, men. His real weakness was not his hair. His real weakness was women. And specifically, he lusted after them and they're nagging. (laughs) It was just too much. That was his weakness, right? It was the women. It wasn't his hair. So Samson shared his secret with her. My hair's never been cut. For it's I've been dedicated a Nazarite from my birth. And if it were shaved, my strength would leave me and I'd become like anyone else. So Delilah realized, he told me the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. He finally told me his secret, she told them. So they come with the money in her hands. She lulls him to sleep, has some dude come in, shave his head. And Samson, or she cries out, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Then he woke up and he said, I will do like I did before. But he did not realize the Lord had left him. That's the deception of sin. You think you got it. You think you got it. You think you got it. And you you get to the point. I mean, this is four times. I really believe at this point he thought he could get away with anything. Like he just, he was in control of the situation. Well, he had no reason to doubt up to this point, right? Well, (laughs) kind of. She every single time said, the Philistines are upon you. Well, right. But she used the L word. She used the word love. But I mean, he's like he's really feeling himself. Oh, no need to doubt that the Lord had left him. That's what you're saying. Well, I'm saying no reason to doubt that he couldn't handle any situation. Because God had never left him before. Yeah, he's killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. you be pretty confident if you had killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone? I'm pretty tied confident. Tied 300 foxes together, lit them on fire, and put them out in your enemy's fields. Wouldn't you feel pretty untouchable? Uh, I feel cocky when I catch a mouse in the mouse trap. That's I'm what, like, that's what I'm king saying. of the castle. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would say he was feeling himself yeah. a little bit. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. Then they took him to Gaza. That's the capital city of the Philistine land, Philistia. But before long, his hair began to grow back. Listen, God uses means to accomplish his ends. God could have do, done what he's about to do through Samson without his hair growing back, but God uses means to accomplish his ends. A lot of times we equate the means with the supernatural power, when in reality we should be equating the power with God and God choosing to use these means in order to accomplish his ends. So just because somebody grows their hair out and grows big seven big fat dreadlocks doesn't mean you're going to be strong like Sam. Dude, I knew a guy. Anyways, the Philistines, they held a great festival and they offered sacrifices to their God, Dagon. And they said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. Oh, 
Listen, God, in fact, had given them victory over Samson so he could judge them. God is the one who gave them the victory over Samson. That's crazy, right? Yeah. God's the one who actually did this. God's the one who actually allowed, ordained purpose that he would, in his sin, tell his secret, have his eyes gouged out, be brought into slavery. But what is about to happen is the means by which God uses Samson in order to fulfill his plan and purpose in overthrowing the Philistines. When the people saw him, they praised their God and said, our God has delivered our enemy to our hands. The one who killed us is now in our power. That's not true. So Samson was led in and he had the young servant place his hands against the two pillars that hold up the temple. And he says, the temple was completely filled with all of the Philistines. So inside the temple is all the rulers of the entire Philistine nation. Then on the roof, there were 3,000 men and women who were watching Samson and amused by him. So Samson prayed, Sovereign Lord. That's the prayer. He knows God has been in control of this entire situation to bring him up to this point. And he asks God for three things. Number one, he says, God, remember me again. Two, he says, God, please strengthen me one more time. And then in verse 30, he says, God, let me die with the Philistines. So he pushes against the pillars with both hands and the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he did during his entire lifetime. So God called him to be a Nazarite. All of this is according to God's plan and purpose. None of this would have played out like it had if he hadn't had long hair, if he hadn't had the strength that he did if he hadn't had the calling that he did. And all of these years, God was using and bringing him through all of these situations, including his own sin, to bring him to the place where even at the very end of his life, he accomplishes exactly what God's plan and purpose was for his life from the very beginning. And interestingly enough, he does it through his own suicide. I don't know, and we did an episode on suicide, but this is one of those things that we can't just shy away from, is that God, even in this, had a plan and a purpose in it. And it was, in this instance, to wipe, defeat the enemies. But God brought his strength back to him one more time. God honored it. But above all, the thing we need to see here is that God's plan and purpose is not frustrated by our sin. But in fact, our sin actually accomplishes God's plan and purpose a lot of times. Yeah. Crazy, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Don't. I get a lot more peace out of hearing that than anything else like knowing that when i'm just so frustrated with my sin and like wishing that like i could just get it together and quit making these same stupid mistakes over and over and over again and realizing that even in my struggle even in my failure that there's purpose in it and that i'm where i am because that's where god wants me to be and in just like you know, we see a plan of redemption from, you know, the beginning of scripture all the way until the end and from the beginning of time until the end. Uh, in our own, you know, lives, we see a, a microcosm of that, about how hmm. there is a plan of redemption in our own lives for us that he is bringing us along. And so 
in that moment, we are on our way and everyone's, you know, sanctification is different. Some of us are going to, you know, come to faith later in life than others. And some of us are going to grow in holiness and self-control and everything. I mean, from the out, outside perspective, it's going to look a lot different, yeah. you know, for some of us than others. But the reality is, is God has us where we are, struggling with the things that we're struggling with, um, overcoming the things that we're overcoming, growing in the ways that we're growing, being, you know, just frustrated in the ways that we're frustrated with purpose. Plan and purpose all the way through it. And it makes it so icy, the microcosm thing, like th- this is kind of like, you know, Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, he sinned. God was not surprised by his sin. But God brought about his own ultimate glory and greatest praise through Adam's sin and his purposing the fall to happen so that he might redeem a people who would be able to glorify him, not just in their innocence, but in their redemption, meaning that God can be glorified for all of his attributes, his grace, his mercy, which if we had never fallen, God would never have those part of his attributes glorified. Right. And I think this here is an example. We can see God glorified through a man's sin. We can see him glorified through his great plan and purpose in this guy's life. And ultimately, we know this guy's in heaven. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us so. We see here, listen, this guy, man, maybe not of anybody in the Old Testament, but of almost anybody in the Old Testament, is the biggest stupid idiot in the Bible. And yet, here, he's one of the greatest heroes of faith because he really did believe the Lord and trust him by faith. It's wild. Wild. Yeah. So there's nobody who's listening to this that can touch this story in terms of their own sin and their own unrighteousness. And if you trust Christ by faith, you can be saved. That's crazy. That's so awesome. <laughs> you have a question of the day? I do. Hold on a second. I had it. Wait, wait. I got carried away here. Joe Knuckles. Joe Knuckles. No, I don't know. Oh, hey. Okay. I'll ask this one. So I asked you, and you didn't have one. If you could have a name, that you could change your name to something cool like Joe Knuckles, what would it be? Great. Stage name. What's your stage name? What's your stage name? Yeah. I like it. All right. So we spent... Patrick Vomit. 45 minutes, (laughs) two bumbling idiots, talking about a bumbling idiot. (laughs) So if you're out there... Samson Bumbles. And you're a bumbling idiot... We believe that you belong. (laughs) 